you've landed at episode 247. Do you have a never-ending list of people to get back to on a daily basis? All these people on Facebook, the links I've been sent to watch funny TikToks, Snapchats from friends, and the endless list of WhatsApp groups that you're in as well. It's actually kind of bizarre when we consider that every time we physically leave work or physically leave school or uni or a friend's house, that the experience just continues in our phone, meaning we literally never, ever truly leave the situation or switch off, not just from our own life, but it's like we're living multiple lives all at once as if we never left those situations. It's really kind of weird. And second to that, our young vulnerable kids are becoming hyper addicted to apps and phones that are designed to specifically manufacture their addiction. And if you're a parent, you know the word addiction is accurate because no doubt you've had screaming matches and hugely intense fights when you take your kid's phone or screen access away. The outrage is that of an addict. Fortunately, today's conversation is about companies and tools that are actively working to help us take back control of our extremely unhealthy relationship with phones and technology as a society. And I truly believe without these tools, the future is grim and that depression, anxiety and suicide stats will continue to rise in the privileged world. So if you or anyone you know needs to break up with an app, a phone or totally repattern the way they think they're meant to behave on social media, then this episode is an absolute must. And share it with everybody that you think needs to hear this because I think this is really important stuff for the future of our society. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? I'm glad you've got me sitting here nestled on your ears, ready for another 40 minutes of whispering sweet nothings about changing your life. <laughs> How fantastically romantic. Better still is that in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. And if any of that resonates and you want to have a chat, then scroll down to the show notes below, click the link and start a conversation with yours truly. Now, today's guest is coming back for the second time. He was first on episode 166, talking about how to get kids off screens to break what is now a legitimate diagnosable condition. Would you believe? I'm talking about screen addiction. And we've got my man Gary Borum here with us today to continue that conversation in a bit of a different way. Uh, And just before we get into it, a bit about Gary. So he's a father of two, a tech entrepreneur, and has 15 years of experience as a global behavior change expert for adults in order to level up their output and performance. And with all the distractions and all the little addictions that we've got from screens and food and all that different type of stuff, there's never really been a greater need to change your behavior in the context of screens and technology. And well, that's likely why you listen to the show, to change the way you do stuff, right? Uh, so Gary is also the co-founder of Hit Pause, his second successful startup following My Screen Coach, which we went deep on episode 166. So after you finished here, go and check that out, especially if you have kids. So the idea of Hit Pause is that it functions as an out-of-office style responder for messaging and social media platforms. It's designed to boost productivity and improve mental health by reducing phone-related anxiety and setting clear, solid boundaries with phone use, unplugging you from the all-consuming matrix of social media. And we're going to get into that right now. So Gary, my friend, welcome back to the show. How you been? Yeah, hey, Maddie, good to see you again. Yeah, well, mate, well, 
I'm glad to have you back because I uh, tell you what, as we were sort of talking about this before we hit record, you know, the it just feels like the the reach of social media and screens just gets bigger and deeper and the rabbit holes get darker. And so I'm so like curious to know, like, why are you so passionate about this world of getting us off this technology? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think you know, for me, I think that, you know, there's, there's this concept that if, our, if we're active in our minds, we're therefore we're effective. Mm-hmm. And the question I have is, is that, I suppose, the monkey mind we talk about in Buddhism or, or the, uh, that, that, that thing that never keeps stop, stopping talking, that's something you talked about in your intro, is that the effective piece? Or is sometimes when you pull away from that and you actually just listen to the truth, listen to your, something that's deep inside, I find that's where we're really effective. And that's where my, my real mission comes from is getting us the ability to, because these things are so compelling. They're so addictive. They're so fun. Um, I'm you know, guilty as charged. But I just know that sometimes when we put that down and give ourselves that moment, Gee we're, gee, we're effective. Gee, we're powerful. Gee, we actually, you know, get some real, um, I don't know, messages that, that lead us in the right direction. That's, that's my passion. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're always talking about finding the zone. You know, what many people talk about is being in the zone. And I feel like, you know, it's been a long time for many people that it's very rare that they feel like they're in the zone of productivity or focus because, yeah, there is so many bells and whistles on their desktop or their phone and and you actually find yourself in the zone so much like less frequently than we used to. It's funny you mentioned the word. I was actually, just before we got on the call, I picked up a couple of my favourites. <laughs> um, Deep Work by Cal Newport and Stolen Focus by, um, by uh, Johan Hari. And, you know, these, you know, when you start reading some of the material about this is the fact that as, as effective as, as, as tools can be for our productivity, just, just we just lose the ability to really do that deep work, you know, sometimes just answering one thing after the next, after the next. There's this burnout that occurs over time. But, you know, sometimes when you get two or three messages and you're on top of it and you're in flow, um, you know, we can talk about that as well a little bit, but when you're in that flow, it's great, but then eventually it starts to catch up with you. Eventually, by the end of the day, maybe the end of the afternoon, end of the week, end of the quarter, end of the financial year, you can start to get to get a little bit wound down. And and sometimes I feel that, that, that that's a real piece for us to really focus on. As, just as you mentioned that, it made me think of, um, I watched, I think it was like a, I went to a Kerwin Ray event maybe. And, um, and for those that don't know Kerwin Ray, he's a mm. successful Australian entrepreneur that runs all sorts of different things regarding social media and how to leverage it to make millions of dollars. Yep. Um, but I remember him t- distinctly talking about the fact that he wears the same, at that time, wore the same t-shirt every single day. And he referenced Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same t-shirt every day. And he introduced me to this idea of decision fatigue, decision-making fatigue, and that successful people, um, whether it be a suit or whether it be a t-shirt, all of these redundant decisions that don't actually lead to a transformational outcome, you automate those so you don't waste decision-making energy every day. So it's just like, I have 25 black t-shirts so that I never have to waste energy on you know picking what t-shirt to wear today type thing. And, and it reminded me of that when you were talking about you know, losing the energy by the end of the day because there's so many redundant processes we now have to uh, make decisions about, like re- responding to 25 different friends over the course of an eight-hour workday, whereas like 30 years ago, that was not even heard of. I know. And it's also the number of tools we have too. Now, I'm not sure if you're like me, Manny, but, you know, I get, I get messages in Slack and WhatsApp and Messenger and, and then someone says, I sent it to you and then I spend a whole lot of time trying to trawl through and find that message as well and, you know, I mean, this this is how the whole idea for for hip pause came about was the fact that my wife was laughing at me. You know, it, I was we came home from dinner on a Saturday night, and I was there messaging people. And as you mentioned, I was involved. I'm involved with Screen Coach, and 
And there I was sending Slack messages on a Saturday night to people and responding to a few other messages that came through. And she said, look at you. This is a guy who used to, you know, harp on about how we need to manage this better. And I was like, yeah, what is it? What is it that keeps us so compelled to have this within an arm's length? And, and I just did this little sort of self-exploration and asked people as well, little mini mini focus groups and, and, and you know, um, you know, conversations over coffee, just peeling back the layers. What is it that makes us want to have this thing near us? And I think there's a couple of things. I, I'm not sure if I'm – this is what I'm betting on really is it's a little bit of FOMO, that, that fear of missing missing out, but also my new acronym, Philopoded. <laughs> it's going to take off. Uh, the fear of letting other people down. Mm. And, and that's one of the reasons why I feel that so so many of me, me, me guilty as charged, have it so close by because we, we have this – uh, unwritten social contract that says I'll get back to you within you know what with with within a very when it's at my earliest convenience. So it's actually the obligation from the message sender is on me the 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 person who's received that message to get back straight away. And I know what it's like because I have that expectation on others too. Because sometimes if I don't if I send a message to someone and they don't get back to me. I'll find, use another channel. I'll send them an SMS, or if they do that, then I'll send them a Slack, and I'll sort of end up, you know, accosting them until I actually get a response. Anyhow, that's that's where I feel that there's there's something we need to look at. No, I think that's I, that acronym obviously hilarious. Um, but I, it's it's almost like we need to rewrite the social contract that that it, the expectation of one another. And I actually so I don't have any social media apps on my phone because I don't want to. One B, and it took me like everybody that's listening thinking like, oh, Maddie's just got it all figured out. It took me years to get there, <laughs> yep. right? Um, but um, I've got one chat app and on that chat app, which is just kind of friends, uh, I have notifications turned off for them and me purposely so I don't violate the social contract because if they've seen that I've seen it and I don't get back to them, then the presumption is that I'm ignoring them. And I might not be ignoring them, just like every other human. I'm doing stuff, or I actually want space from my, you know, hectic life, like we all have. And so, yeah. you know, maybe that might be a little way to to get around the social contract. But but you're right; it exists. The only reason that I feel comfortable with it is because they don't know that I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, uh, the one that that, that that lets you know that you've looked at the message it, it fr- frightens me sometimes. Yeah. Ah, I've opened it up. Oh no, I've got to respond. <laughs> Um, you know, just recently we participated in the Global Day of Unplugging. So it was a range of organisations and, and groups around around Australia, but around the world as well. And um, and so I'm up here on the sunny coast, and we've got a whole lot of teams and companies involved um, on that Friday after, afternoon, turning off their their phones and their, their devices. And um, and one of the biggest feedback, the biggest feedback we got from people that I heard anecdotally um, from people was, man, I just it was really hard not to want to go over and turn it on. It was really hard not to just go over there and just check what's going on. And that's it. You know, I think, I think we've got this, 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 this way of behavior that we've all socially accepted as, as the norm. Yeah. Um, we need to, and that, that, that sort of pendulum's gone a certain way. And look, I don't think, I don't believe that, that, that hit pause is the silver bullet and, you know, other products you mentioned, you know, you, you use things like freedom as well, you know, there, there, there's no silver bullet. It's just this ability to start to bring this this pendulum back the other way, and that's what we really want to hope we can be part of that next narrative. And um, you know, you start to see some of the uh, even even in at an organisational level, there's some changes that are happening. Um, just recently, the, um, the the teachers union here in Australia and the police union have engaged with this this uh, this this. Uh, project called uh, the right to disconnect so it's in there it's in their their agreements right. that you have the right to disconnect you can imagine teachers at nine o'clock at night getting messages from parents saying hey 
little Johnny, you know, is it a yellow T-shirt or red T-shirt tomorrow? Or, you know, why, why did he get a C on his history project? I worked really hard on it. Um, you know, so, so it's giving the teachers this right to disconnect because these boundaries are blurring. It's funny you say that. I was um, I recently was uh, in a, a doctor's appointment and I noticed that the doctor or maybe it was the nurse was using her own phone to put in patient data um, and uh, and before I left the hospital, that was starting to come in as well. And so I think as well, it, it's funny because I remember if I go back to when I was a teenager or early 20s, if you if the boss rounded the corner and you had a phone in your hand, it's like you could have been fired. Whereas now, literally any job, nobody bats an eyelid if you're distracted on your phone talking to your friends about drinks on Friday night. Like it's so deeply ingrained. But what I think part of the problem with the disconnecting from work is that now with work, social, kids, everything is in the one device. And whilst that's a great selling point in marketing, it's like one device to solve every problem that you've ever got. It it actually creates more because you never close, you never exit the tab for that conversation with that person or that conversation about that thing with the other, the kids, the mum's group and the kids and then the mm. school and then mm. work. And, and then in the middle of the night, you get a, a WhatsApp message to your work group and you're now thinking about work. And it's like, we're just incredibly and forever connected to every conversation that's ever happening. All right. You know, and this, this, is, this is probably the first bit of feedback that I love the most about hit pause because what happens is if you, know, if you write a message, hey, I'm talking to Maddie on a killer podcast, I'll get back to you at 5 o'clock this afternoon, you press that message, anyone who hits you up with a, with a, with a question is going to get that message back. Mm-hmm. I hope we finish before 5, but I've now, now given myself up until 5 o'clock and there's two winners in that. The person who's now sent that message and put their phone down, they've got the ability just to relax and go, oh, thank gosh, I don't have to keep checking it. But the feedback we get the most from is the person who receives a message, they like it. They just like being told, oh, well, yeah, he's busy. Mm-hmm. Hope they have a good chat. And then they move on with their day because, and, you know, we could go really deep on this, but, you know, we all think that, you know, everyone's thinking about us. We're not, you know, <laughs> we're all thinking about, our, you know, ourselves and not others. So as soon as that, as soon as that person gets that message saying, hey, I'm, I'm off till 5 o'clock, here's my boundary, um, you know, that works for, for people. You know, there's a great friend of ours, Harps, who we talked about before on the course of Craig Harper. If you haven't seen him or checked him out, I'm sure you've referenced, referenced him a few times, Matty. Yeah, he's been here before but, you know, too. Oh, he's been here, yeah, good, yeah. good, good. Um, I'm in good company. He um, he had a, po- had a post recently where he's, he had this old Nokia 2110 phone and he said, I don't actually turn on my phone till midday. And I bounced a message to him as well, a bit of a, a ride-on and solidarity. But, you know, that's he set a boundary. And so people now know, hey, Harp's not going to get back to you till the afternoon. Yeah. And how easy is his life now? You know, what that's he doesn't need to pick up that 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 device. He doesn't need to get engaged. He can really focus on what's important to him right there till that time. And I, I just think that's that was really the precursor for me to to start moving down this track. You know. Yeah. Why do you think people have anxiety once they use um, apps that? creates space like what do you think is going on in there where they're like oh I feel because you mentioned on that unplugging day like people like oh it was really hard to not go and pick up the phone or do the thing like what do you think is going on with that anxiety in that space well there's a habit Mm -hmm. I think the but the base thing is there is that habit and there is that what we've talked about a little bit there already that social acceptance that, Mm -hmm. that I will get back to at my earliest convenience so that there's that piece and so learning a new habit is, is the, you know, a lot of the work that you do, Maddie. It's, it's that break, creating a new habit, the 21-day sort of cycle of building a mental muscle and a new pathway of it's okay for me to put the phone down. It's okay for me to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And 
Um, I know when I've had weekends where I put my phone down, I, there's, there's this, this little seed of anxiety that starts off to, that I start with and then eventually I, I come comfortable with it and it's okay. And I mm. eventually get through the weekend and guess what? The whole world gets gets on okay without Gary not getting back to them for two days. <laughs> you know, that's amazing and that's that same uh, blessing is available to all of us. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, th- I think as well we like – we've we've conditioned ourselves over the last 20 25 years to just have it like incrementally increasing mental burden of information that's coming into our brains and we're just mm. at, at a point of overwhelm but we're stuck with like the hamster on the wheel it's like we don't know how we got here so the idea of getting anywhere else seems impossible and i think with that anxiety at such high levels as soon as people start to create a space where they feel their anxiety it's like well the phone is so accessible why would i suffer the anxiety when i can just pick it up Right. What a great dopamine hit. You know, yeah. it's there in a second. And, you know, I, I know I shared just before, but, you know, I, I, I have my own little sets of boundaries for myself, but I'm not always great at following through on them. And then it's, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself looking at a reel after reel after reel and going, oh, you got caught again because they're good, right? Like, you know, the social social dilemma really highlighted it. You know, they, 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 they build these things to be sticky. They build these things to be attractive. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, there's, there's so much talk right now about TikTok in particular, you know, and mm-hmm. how to sort of maybe even remove that from from from, from parts of America. Now that's from a, a data control point of view, but I think it's also from, I think there's a few uh, from the mental health point of view saying, you know, that's, this, this could be a really great foot off the accelerator for so many people. Yeah, well, I have a couple of close friends uh, that have young kids and it's like catastrophic level arguments in their house over TikTok. Like, it's yep. so hyper addictive at an age where these kids have no idea of self-regulation and nor should they, they're like five or seven or eight or 10, you know? Yep. And so it's kind of like, you know, giving sugar, which we also do to these kids at such a young age. And it's no wonder they end up being predictably diabetic, overweight, cancer sufferers in 30 years. But it's the same with their mind where we're rotting their mind from a very young age by giving them access to a hyper-producing dopamine source that gives them pleasure that they become addicted to. They get no experience with dealing with anxiety because, again, you can nurture it with whatever's in the pantry or whatever mum or dad's phone or these days your own phone at seven years old. And so by the time you become an adult, you have absolutely no resilience skills to navigate discomfort because you've nurtured it with serotonin dopamine hits from the day that you were born. Yeah, it's going to keep you employed for a long time, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I totally, you know, all jokes aside, I totally agree. And, and it really scares me. It really, truly, truly scares me what, what that looks like and what this next next generation, uh, could, could, what the impact could be on this next generation coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's the, the, the increasing level of, um, of adoption of smartphones between 2017 and 2021 mm-hmm. uh, was on a certain curve and, and at, at my, my maths and my angles aren't that good on the on screen, but <laughs> the um, but the increase in depression, mm-hmm. um, suicidal thoughts, um, yeah. uh, and mental health stress and burnout uh, is, is is not only equal to but but accelerating at a higher level. Yeah. Now we can't just say that's the smartphone and, and only you know society and life is getting busier in that time yeah. as well. We had COVID shutdowns and a whole raft of other things. So I'm not trying to use that stat stat as the only piece, but. There is a strong relationship. If you start to see some of the data coming through, there's a really strong relationship to a high screen usage and the impact on ourselves. And 
is and you're right kids don't have the ability to self-manage and I shared my own my own failings where you know I sometimes find myself not being able to manage and have to pull myself apart and go Gary what, what are you doing <laughs> um so uh you know that's that to me is one of it in and, and it's just our habits as well. You know, there's some of the statistics, I was 80% of people check their phone within the first 30 minutes, 81% of people check their phones. And that's because uh, 47, uh, 37% of people actually have their phone in bed with them at night, mm. you know, and, and, and there's this the 26 people, uh, uh, 64% of people check their phone on the toilet, you know, like it's just become this cultural groundswell, you know, yeah. it's taken over our lives. And I just feel that that's, that's a part of, we've all got to be part, a part of a, a bigger conversation as a society to say, hey, it's okay to stop. It's okay to say no. It's okay to set boundaries and that's where we come in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and maybe let's get into that a little more. So hit pause, it's obviously, you know, allows you to create space. But like how does somebody begin to start using this? Like what's your advice for someone that's thinking about downloading hit pause or an app like that to create space? Like what is someone that is in a situation that's like needs this product? I think the the, the, the common uh, answer from people who who say I need this product is someone has multiple messaging services. Mm-hmm. So right now we integrate with WhatsApp, Messenger, Slack, Signal, Telegram. We have Instagram and and LinkedIn coming in fairly soon too. Yep. And they're the big players. If you start looking at the data for app usage around the world, they're really some of the some, some of the big ones that people are using. Mm-hmm. And 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 essentially, you, we, you just create a link between the services that you use the most or that you want to you want to um, put a put hit pause on. Mm-hmm. And then you write a message. We've kept it really simple and really clean. You just write a, a simple message. We often recommend people to tell people when they're going to, when they're going to be back online, um, and then then press hit pause. It's a it's a it's a big uh, dumb pause button like you have on on your remote control, and you and that's it. You've done it. And now when when anyone sends a message in, um, you know they will get that reply back. And, and this is we're, we're we're a startup, so this is our first version of the product, and we've already got a roadmap which includes looking at SMS and. Maybe not email because email is not an instantaneous message service these days, but really is for the instant message services. We'll start to build it out and, and we'd love people to come, jump on board and, and, and give it a go and start giving us feedback to, to help where we, where we can shape, for, shape it. Now, we, we want, there's a big movement that's happening out there right now around people in screen time and we, we, want, to, we want to be out in front of that, that narrative and, and be part of it. You know, that's, that's, that's our passion. Yeah, well, I, I feel like I'm a part of that movement since I've got none of the apps on my phone and I don't actually have it, it on my desk because I want to be present with you, right? I don't want to feel the pull and, you know, you being real about your own failings sometimes, I'm a human too. I have the same thing. I try not to turn it on first thing in the morning. Um, but sometimes that ends up happening. Sometimes I get pulled away. But I've I've also got I've gone as far as uh, there's this maybe you've seen it. There's a bit of an entrepreneur movement where entrepreneurs are trying to make their phone no longer the main thing, but the accessory that it's meant to be. And so I've even got black backgrounds, all no apps on my home screen, not even the call button. Like the the front page of my phone is completely zero stimulation. There's the the, the clock. That's it. Um, not even a picture, not even a background. Like, oh yeah, we're going to support that. Absolutely, love to get involved with that too. If you can share some of those deets as well in your show notes, yeah, absolutely. Um, because I'm sure a lot of people out there want to. We, we need to be part of a greater conversation. Yeah. So the global day of unplugging is one part of it, but there's there's other groups. What day is that, by the way? What's the date? Uh, that's the fourth of March. So it's, it's just it's just happened recently. Yep, yeah. Um, but every year they they do that, and there's a whole group of people who are really out in front. But there's they're getting some powerful support from influencers and those in in Parliament as well. You know, I mentioned earlier about the right to disconnect. 
but that's been been accepted by a couple of groups here in Australia. Mm. But there's whole countries now, um, the uh, Ireland, Belgium, France, the UK is considering it right now. In fact, um, Adam Brandt, the uh, the Green member down down in Melbourne, he's actually put forward the right to disconnect as a as, as a senator. He's putting that forward here in, in Australia as well. So there is this 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 change at an organisational level, but change from an organisational level only really occurs when 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 there's a groundswell of, of people to support because, yeah. you know, politicians do it for votes. I didn't want to give that away. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, I mean, you know, Adam and their group in the Greens have a, have, a, have a very strong agenda too. I'm not, not hiding that. But, you know, they, they, they're, they're really reacting to the fact that there is this groundswell. And it's, it's a hidden groundswell as well for mine too, mm-hmm. if I can say it. You know, with um, I, I remember back in the days when we when we when we were launching Screen Coach and doing focus groups with Screen Coach, we get a whole lot of parents in the room. We start saying, "Hey, t- hey, parents, tell us about your, your experiences with kids and screen time." And there'd be this little bit of banter going on, and this bit of laughing and giggling. And then at some point, we'd rip the scab off. At some point, someone would share us a war story about what, themselves and their kids and screens. And then we just start to get these more and more stories. I remember. Um, you know, we had a had a lady who had to go to bed with her and put her her, her, her um, Xbox and the modem underneath her mattress, but not under the bed. If you put it under the bed, the kids would get it. Under the mattress wow. was was safer. And you know, we had an architect who um he told us he he would you know take his he'd take the PlayStation to work and put it on his desk next to him, and because he knew if it was at home, there's a there's a high chance his kids would you know race off. And I mean, these are extreme story, a bit of outlier stories in in some way, but it's but it's also when you the same with our groups when we're talking to people with with um. With their addiction to their devices, we start talking to parents and say, uh, "Sorry, to adults," and start talking about themselves and phones. They start to go, "Yeah, I'm a little bit addicted. Oh, it's a bit of fun." And then they go, "Oh no, I actually got. I actually looked at my screen time, like my Apple screen time stats. That's frightening. You know, my God, I spent six hours on that bloody thing yesterday. I spent, you know, in those amount of hours. You know, what what are we getting? You know, what else? What else could we do with that time?" And I don't think I don't think it's cutting it off at the knees too. You know, I don't think we need to stop it altogether. You know, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's a great tool for entertainment, education, and and it's, sometimes as a parent for me, a, the electronic babysitter. You know, um, so you know, it has it has a range of functions, but it's just that balance. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below.
Yeah. Well, and I think as well, acknowledging that, as you sort of said earlier, these companies spend a lot of money making these products sticky, which is the business word for addictive, basically. Um, And so, you know, we are acknowledging that we are fighting against some really deep science and engineering. And so we obviously have to be really strategic about the way we go about it because you have to surrender to the fact you're a human. You know, just because I'm a nutritionist doesn't mean I'm always perfect with my eating habits because guess what? Sugar is hyper addictive and I'm a human, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same with phone (laughs) usage. So I think that's why for me, like learning about yourself and the way that you operate allows you to set up systems that then can be successful rather than just being like, try not to do it. It's like, have you ever told a heroin addict to try not to do it? Like, you know, it's not mm. a good strategy. Um, and so, like, once you understand yourself a little better, better, I knew, oh, can I regulate my relationship with the Facebook or WhatsApp? No, it has to not no. be on the phone the end. Like, you know what I mean? So and that's the way that I have to do it. And the same with the way that I've used some of the other apps before Hit Pause was around was that, yeah, I would just be like, catch myself bouncing around YouTube and getting stuck in the wormhole. And I'd be like, right, press the button, do it. Now you can't access anything. Too bad. You've got to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. And everything's blocked. <laughs> I love it. I really. That's the part for for some parts of our audience. That's 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 really the way we need to mm-hmm. do it. You know, and that's 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 what has to happen. And I think that's where we're finding that balance is so bespoke for people mm. too. You know, everyone's got to find their their best. But gee, I tell you, one 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 way is to have that have that global day of pl- unplugging for yourself. Mm. You know, you don't have to wait till fourth the fourth of March. You know, you can take it on any time you want and just give yourself that moment. And, and and I really love what you said there, Maddie, as well about identifying it. It's really when you catch yourself and going, "Oh wow, I really feel compelled to want to actually open up yeah. that app." Oh wow! And, and even I don't know if you've been through this experience as well, but I've, I've certainly myself and I've heard others say the same. Where they kind of open something up, like not knowing that they don't want to open it up, but their their mind is saying, "I don't want to open it up," and they're just like, "Yeah, but I don't. I want to find out, you know, what's going on." Um, and so it's actually experiencing that at, at a physical and, me- and, and a level and a mental level as well that really is one of those precursors to making that change. Um, I was watching a video yesterday and I forget who it was by, um, some spiritual guru, but it was the idea that you know being on social media altogether gives us this hyperinflated sense of self-importance and like we're way more special than we are to the world um, and that actually when you start to pull away from it, that some of that anxiety and fear comes around the idea that you're no longer special and unique and nobody wants to see your life and witness you. And and I actually went through that myself as well. And sure, I've got a quite a successful podcast and I'm out there in the world, but mm. being deplatformed from Instagram was one of the best things I think that ever happened to my mental health. Like just not feeling the need to present anything. And what it did is it forced me to reinforce, forced me to reinforce my human relationships and get really clear on who are my circle of people that I really care about the approval and value and, and input of. And outside of that circle of maybe 10 people, truth is I really right. don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. You, on social media, you have the almost the illusion that you care about all these people that don't really matter. <laughs> Look, it's, it's certainly part of the conversation we're having internally at Hit Pause is, is, okay, so now people are starting to better manage and they're putting this tool in place. You know, how, how, how do we support them through that? Because you know, you're not the lone ranger. You know, people turning off these devices are finding it really hard. And, and I really love what you said about that, oh, I suppose, that, that anxiety because the first thing we do, you know, um, 
you know, it's the first thing we do when that pang of anxiety or, or, or panic attacks, we we go to something that's, that nestles us and secures us so beautifully, which is is a phone or a or a chocolate bar or or something else in the fridge. And so I, I believe that's something that we you know we, we want to be we want to be part of that conversation. Um, we're probably not the, the we're, we're the tool to start with, but we want to partner with those who really are involved in that conversation. It's why it's been great, you know, talking to you here on on this podcast because, you know, I just love your message. And the same with our, our, our kindred spirit in Harps as well, you know, that that message about looking after and caring for ourselves and having a great life, yeah. right? Like, isn't that what it's about? Like, you know, there's there's good stuff to do on a screen, but there's so much good stuff to do out, outdoors. I've got well. a bit of a businessy question. Like with things like hip paws and, and obviously the behemoths, you know, we're trying to take space from these multi-billion dollar companies that want you to not take space. Like, do they make it challenging for you? And I'm talking Facebooks and TikToks and stuff like that. Do they make it challenging you for to, pl- to plug into their services? Because you kind of you're an anti Facebook product, right? In, in many, from a business perspective, it's like, hang on, our goal as Facebook is to get as many eyes for as many minutes as possible. So, is that a challenging kind of thing to set up? It's been it's been an interesting conversation for those big organizations to to wrestle mm. with um so about four or five years ago apple um i can they blocked third-party support services for uh i can't remember what function inside the apple phone essentially it stopped any sort of app provider who who limited access to dev- uh, to, to devices and 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 um apps uh, restricted their ability to yep. do that service and they were taken and the apple was taken to to the hague um, by a range of organisations, including um, the people who um, uh, own and run Sesame Street, uh, Children's Television Network. They were using a whole range of services and, and Apple shut it down with a whole view to trying to to stop these sorts of onset of, of, of screen time management limit, limitation services. Mm. Um, and, they got, and they got a big rap, rap on the knuckles. Now, since then, they, they've allowed um, – oh, what's it called? I can't remember. It'll come to me at the end. Uh, they've allowed that service now to be available and, 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 and organisations like Screen Coach have been able to, to take advantage of that, that service inside, inside Apple devices. Um, but their conversation has slightly changed. You know, back then, when, you know, four or five years ago, was no, we're going to stop anyone who tries to pr- restrict them using an Apple device. Um, um, and Facebook as well had, had some very strong uh, policies inside, inside, their, uh, inside their terms and conditions. They've softened that a little bit, you know, and, and it's really, again, flowing in with that, that sort of narrative that's happening in, in society where people are saying, we've got to step away. And, and rather than be the one saying, being the, the dealer, constantly forcing it at you, they're, just, they're stepping back and saying, you, you, you have to make the choice. And they're, they're starting to allow that to happen a bit more. I think the companies on their brochure, they're saying, you know, we're, we're supporting people having better, better health and balance. Um, I'm sure there's certain parts of marketing departments that just really want to want to get you in. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, well, and that's one of the things with a business that goes from just an idea in somebody's, you know, brain to being so large that any person from the outside would expect that a company that large should have a social responsibility to the mental health of literally the world. Because depending on the angle that you look at information from, like Facebook is responsible for some really devastating stuff worldwide. Um, you know, And so it's like, at what point do you go from being a private business owner whose business just got out of control and went really well to being like, you are socially responsible for the way yeah. that culture and the planet moves forward. And currently, we're creating hyper-addicted children and people to this digital world that we're creating. And what is the cost of that? Possibly multiple, multiple generations, you know? So it's like, 
yeah. at what point do, are they held accountable? And it makes me think of the Coca-Cola. Like through uni and stuff, I had to do all sorts of assignments on Coca-Cola because, you know, they're this sugar company that, can, you know, is, has addicted yeah. the world, but they do this socially responsible stuff of giving money to science research and building gyms. And it's like, sure, it doesn't negate what you've done though. It doesn't change that you're still making the same amount of money from Coca-Cola. So it's like... It's such a political responsibility kind of nightmare. But I'm so glad that there's, you know, the sort of the opposite uh, in yourself of being like, you know what, we have to make these companies accountable. And if the way we have to do that is by creating alternative technology, then that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the, 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 we, I mentioned it briefly, but, you know, with, with COVID, the onset of COVID, a lot of people are working from home and hybrid working is now the norm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, it's been proven to be very productive in some organisations and some, some sectors as well. Um, but it's also blurring those lines between on and off time. Mm. And, and, you know, that's where companies are now starting to fig- figure out, well, hey, hybrid working is working really well for us. You know, where our team are really effective. They're answering emails at 11 o'clock at night. And then they said there is that little bit of burnout right now. And so there's the code of practice was engaged with um, middle of last year here in Australia uh, the, the, to do with psychosocial responsibility. And it's really about managing our uh, uh, team members. And a code of practice is not a legally binding document, but it's a guide forward for large organisations to say, you have a social responsibility. I'm just le- leaning in on those words you had before, Matty. You have a social responsibility to to your team members and you, and, and workmates to better manage themselves around around these these sorts of conditions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from that now is becoming a whole, a whole new uh, way of managing people in that way. And funnily enough, organisations, they're, they're, they're commercial, right? They're doing it for a profit. They're actually finding a real ROI, uh, return on investment. Sorry, I'm using a lot of acronyms today. Um, but there's a real return on investment right now for organisations when they get um, when they actually start to engage with people and try and prevent that burnout. Mm. Um, because it's, you know, look, we've got these new terms that have come through, quiet quitting and all these other pieces, the way people are starting. But that's just a reflection of burnout, right? You're just starting to say, I just need to step away. I just need to, I'll smile and answer your emails. I'll say, I'll raise the flag and say, yeah, I'm here, but gosh, I just need some time alone. And, and, you know, that's okay. But sometimes that just becomes, it becomes you actually just, you know, stopping, your life as well, you know, you just become. Yeah. And so that's that's where I think it's really important. I think organisations are realising if they get that, they strike that balance right, you've got a person who's engaged and I, I don't, I love working. I, I, I don't know if I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit different like that, but, you know, when I do, I, I like doing my stuff and I think a lot of people do too, you know. So yeah. getting pushed to the point where you don't want to engage anymore is not healthy. I totally um, agree. Pushing yourself to the point where you where you can't go any further is not, not healthy, but there's this beautiful middle sweet spot where Life and work is fun, right? Like you get to do 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 different things, and you know some days some parts of our jobs suck, and some bits are good. But overall, it's pretty good. I totally agree, and I think that the place that we experience that goodness that you talk about is in being present. And the problem with all of this technology is that it pulls us away from the present moment. And even in the times that are shitty, it's easier to get through shit when you're present and able to deal with it and rationally make decisions rather than think, I've got 25 other things to do right now. And it's not just in my mind. All the notifications are in front of me with seven of this and three of that and four of this and mum's called me 25 times and and all of the things. (laughs) And I think, yeah, practicing. Because I don't think it's peace of mind. I think it's peace from mind, which is, you know, arguably Ooh, like the the idea of meditation it's it's not the illusion that you can make your thoughts go away it's just being able to take space from them and say hey it's okay that you're all here but uh we're not going to give you any significance or meaning beyond what we need to um so i think that 
developing that muscle is it's going to take a long time but that's the idea of you know creating space for yourself mm. yeah beautiful i'm taking that with me peace from <laughs> mind peace from mind um yeah, yeah. Look, i can't i can't say it say it enough i mean I, I i love my own practices and we all probably have our own forms of practices to keep us keep, keep us sane sometimes or or keep us insane i don't know but uh <laughs> um uh you know and that's Again, something that's it's a responsibility on ourselves and it's a muscle we need to build mm-hmm. and develop over time. So just like we talked about, you know, managing screens and different apps slightly differently and, and changing that muscle, so building that muscle to how to look after ourselves at, the, at those times. But, you know, uh, that's, that's your sweet spot. That's your wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wheelhouses, how can people end up in yours? Like where do they download the app? Where do they find everything about Gary? Where do we yep. point them? Yeah, obviously. Uh, so we're in the App Store, uh, the Google Play Store and App Store. So look for Hit Pause. Hit Pause. Well, I'm looking for the logo around me. I don't have it here with me. I'm not at my <laughs> desk. Uh, hit Pause with a Z instead of an S. So Hit Pause with a Z. Um, Google that. We also have the website, of course, hitpause.com. And you want to find out about me, just a good old LinkedIn. My name, Gary Borum. I'm sure you'll probably throw that in the show notes and reach out and say yep. hello if you've got some thoughts or interests or some ideas you'd love to share because, you know, our, our team here are really passionate about, about making a, a difference. And you talk about large organisations, I tell you, my heart starts to blossom when I think about that because we'd love to see not only hip pause be large for ourselves but really for, for, the, for so many people in the community and so many people globally just being able to say, you know, hey, we're, t- we're taking control of our, our time anyhow. Fantastic. I know I love all of it. And just as you said, like all of those links will be down in the show notes below. So if you've enjoyed this episode or you want to get in touch with Gary or mm. check out Hit Pause, scroll down to the show notes below, click the links. Uh, we'll hook you up with everything. And if you feel like you've got a friend or family member that can benefit from hearing about this or you want to share these ideas with your partner, figuring out how you might bring them into the home, create more space, presence, that type of thing, get down to the show notes, share this episode with them, uh, have a conversation about it because I think this is going to benefit everybody in lots of little ways that they didn't expect in their own private life. So um, really appreciate you being here, Gary. And so to wrap up, of all the things in the world it could possibly be, what is one health uh, piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Oh, I'm sure many people know about it, but do yoga. God, I've fallen in love with yoga again. I've been doing it for a long time. But I just got this new instructor locally, and I just—it's a—it's a men's it's a men's one. It's 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 not unicorns mm-hmm. and rainbows, and I've been to many of those classes as well. But these guys, it's just gosh, great breath work, good stretching and breath. Oh, nothing better. There you are. That's mine. Well, I love that. Well, that's it's totally in context with the conversation because if there's one tool that's really helpful to get you be present and you know in the current moment and experiencing the now, yoga is definitely great for that. Yeah, love it, love it. Amazing. Thanks, Gary. We'll catch you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, everyone. See you, mate. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.